Hello, it is Friday, April 2nd, and this is a, another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. I am your host, Trent Reinsmith. Normally, you, you don't get a podcast on Saturday morning, but you're going to get one this week because I am still playing a bit of catch up here, and I have plenty of things to discuss. So we're going to start off discussing... Bellator, COVID-19, the UFC, COVID-19, and the different approaches the two promotions are taking. As we know, the UFC is planning on doing uh, pay-per-view cards in Florida and Texas, UFC 261 and UFC 262. And they plan on having full crowds at both events. Both events reportedly have already sold out. If you've been following me for any amount of time, you will know that I am 100% against this because we really haven't turned much of a corner here. Uh, we're still seeing cases rise in Florida. Texas has leveled off and it's holding fairly steady, but it's still enough of, uh, there's still cases every day and we're really not at a, at a downward turn in Texas either, so... Ideally, the the UFC would, would lay off and wait until the recommended downward turn happens and stays consistent over some amount of time in both of these states before holding events. However, Dana White said that, you know, the UFC, it's the right thing to do to hold these events with full crowds. He did not give a reason why it was the right thing to do, but I guess... Governors opening up the state uh, because they don't want to take any heat from the citizens, which is a cowardly way to do it. Because now they're putting the pressure on the the mayors and of the of the cities to deal with it. So they're not really doing anything. They're just kicking the responsibility down and worried about their own votes and screwing over the the mayors of the cities and. So there's really no responsibility from those from those governors. It's just that they want to look like they're doing something when the reality is they're doing nothing but making other people responsible for the decisions they should be making. And that is good enough for White to have a fight have a fight card in a full arena. There's no medical reason to do it. There's no there's no doctors, I don't think, that will say, you know what, now is the time to open these events up. It's just irresponsible, and it's only two states, and it's two of the more lax states in, uh, let's say, the athletic commissions. So I'm not surprised. Had it been California and New Jersey, or California and Pennsylvania, or California and Ohio or California and New York, I would have been surprised. But it's Florida and Texas, so I am not surprised, and I'm also not surprised that the UFC is doing this. What I'm glad to see is that Scott Coker is being an adult about this and actually listening to people. Um, and here's what he said. And this is to MMA Junkie. There's light at the end of the tunnel now. 
we're going to take a beat and see how things open up, not just in those two states or three states or five states that have opened up, but we're now we're going to wait to see how it opens up across the country. I think that because there's light at the end of the tunnel here and we see it, I want to make sure that we don't just respond and do something that creates some super spreader event. When it's safe, we'll go. This is a big company. There's a COVID task force that we adhere to. We'll see what they say. We've already inquired about doing fights outside the sphere. They're looking into it and making sure we're heading in the right direction. Upon their guidance, we'll decide what they do. So where Coker here is listening to a COVID task force and following their guidance, UFC President Dana White is following no one's guidance and doing what he wants to do because we know UFC is run by White and what he says goes even if it's stupid, because he thinks he knows better than physicians, a COVID task force. He just thinks he knows better than everyone, and he doesn't. If he was so confident in all this, the disclaimers on the tickets wouldn't read like they do, and they read like the UFC has no confidence that this is not going to that these two events are not going to be super spread events, but. The UFC sure isn't going to pay anybody if they get sick and or die at either of these events. So, yeah. I am very glad that Bellator is following the guidance of a COVID task force. I'm very glad that Scott Coker is taking in the advice of people who understand this probably a little better than he does. And it really shows the difference between White and Coker. Um, I mean, Coker has never been a guy who just goes out there and blusters and, and brags. He's always been more reserved. And sometimes that's to his detriment. But in this case, it is the right thing to do. And I really wish White would follow suit or have, you know, some kind of control over himself where he doesn't think he's the smartest guy in the room all the time. And in this case, uh, he's probably the dumbest guy in the room if he thinks this is going to go off without a hitch. Um, I would not go to these events. I would not go to these UFC events even if I was vaccinated. The risk is just there, and you will not convince me otherwise. I'm I'm very much happy with how, how Scott Coker's handling this, and I, I think he's doing the smart thing, and we'll see. I mean, worst-case scenario, Coker errs on the side of caution. Big deal. Big deal. During a pandemic, it's probably the better bet to err on the side of caution. But Dana White, the man who's never worn a mask that I know of, is not going to err on the side of caution. He's going to do what he wants because, again, thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He's not, especially not in this case. So Kevin Holland is stepping in to face... Uh, Marvin Vittori replacing Darren Till at UFC Vegas 23. Um, is it a risky fight for Holland? Hell yeah, it is because he just got run over by Derek Brunson. And if Vittori wants, he can probably wrestle Holland up. Maybe not as easily as Brunson, but he can probably do so. I'm kind of heartened by what Holland says here, but saying things and doing things as we know two totally different things and 
I'm going to reserve my opinion on what's going to happen in this fight, but I like what uh, I like what um, Kevin Holland said, and here's what he um, wrote on social media. The guy you said played too much on the last one is ready to step up and give you what he owes you. Chael Sonnen said it best. Now quit begging for Big Mouth and start asking for Trailblazer. So we had Kevin Big Mouth Holland in uh, the last few fights. The guy who just yapped and yapped and yapped while he was fighting. And it was entertaining. It was fun. Until he lost. And then there was the expected blowback on him. Now, I won't say the UFC didn't play a part in this because they absolutely did, as did ESPN. In that fight with Brunson, they practically begged Holland to do his big mouth act and yap during the fight because they promoted him as such in the lead up to the fight. So the promotion was, hey, this guy talks a bunch of shit while he's fighting. It's crazy. And then he went out there and just got beat for five rounds, well, four rounds, and lost the fight, handily lost the fight. And then, of course, it's, well, this guy doesn't take it seriously. This guy's just all show. This guy has no talent. And all of the expected blowback from, from for Holland. And I don't really feel bad for him for that, but I also don't feel that it's 100% his, of his own making because... When the UFC promotes you as something, whether it's stated or not, you kind of probably feel that you have to go out and deliver that. And that's what Holland did. And now I think he's learned a lesson. And I think he's going to uh, ease back on, ease up on the uh, the yapping, for, at least for now. And I expect to see going by this and, and judging from the amount of pushback he got I expect to see a different Kevin Holland in this Marvin Vittori fight. Um, the UFC might appreciate his stepping up on short notice, but we also know that if you drop a turd in the punch bowl, so to speak, they're not going to be afraid to say, see you later, even to someone like Kevin Holland. So the expectation I'm going to believe is that Holland goes out there and delivers a better performance. It sounds like he is planning on doing so. And hopefully the UFC eases up on that big mouth promotion of Kevin Holland and gives him an opportunity to maybe not be a persona so much as a fighter. I think this is really going to be a telling fight for him. Yes, it's on short notice, but... I think he took this on short notice to get the taste of that last performance out of everyone's mouth and show what he can really do as a fighter first and entertainer second. And the Brunson fight was entertainer and then way down the list, fighter. So we'll see how this goes for him. But I like what he says here. And I mean, he's if he thinks he can just go out there and, and do his shtick, and stay with the UFC for a long amount of time, I think he's sadly mistaken. Um, yes, the UFC wants entertainers, but they want entertainers who can also deliver performances that make fans want to watch those those fights, not just tune in to see somebody yap and then get, get beat badly. So I think um, Holland is on the right track.
we'll see where that track takes him. Colby Covington is, uh, I don't know what he's doing, but he seems to think that he is going to be the backup fighter for UFC 261 for Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal's title fight. Now, let's be clear here. The UFC has not told him that he's the backup for that fight, which takes place on April 24th. But Covington believes he is. And I don't know. If the UFC doesn't tell me that I am a backup, I'm probably not going to go through a weight cut. And I'm probably not going to travel to an event and waste time, energy, money getting ready for a fight that the UFC told me I might not be, well, hasn't told me anything about. The only thing that Colby Covington, I guess, has been told is that Usman and Masvidal are fighting at UFC 261, which is what we've all been told. But here's what he said to um, the schmo. I'm going to evaluate things when this when that fight happens. Everybody knows, and here's the key here, the UFC hasn't told me but I think it's pretty self-explanatory that I'm the backup guy. And I would say if the UC hasn't told you, then nothing is has been explained. They literally have told you nothing. So they you literally do not know that you're the backup. If anything happens, anybody gets COVID, anybody gets cold feet and pulls out of that fight, I'm showing up. That's right down the road for me. We're in Miami. Florida right now, that's three and a half hours, four hour ride. I'll take a bus over to Jacksonville and I'll be showing up for that fight. I'll be there. So if anybody pulls out, I'll be stepping in and we'll evaluate from there. I just want to put on good fights and capitalize on my prime of my career, which is what I'm in. So we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. So first of all, nobody's told him he's backup, but he's going to probably see if he can make weight by the sound of this and then just show up and be like, hey, I thought you could use me. And I don't know what he'll get paid for that because he has no negotiations. But he's put himself in a bad spot there. And then he's going to take a bus for four hours during a pandemic in Florida where I don't think there's any mask mandates. And he's going to sit in a bus, which not real good as far as social distancing, and ride for four hours to a fight where he doesn't know if he's going to fight and maybe... I don't know, but this is on brand for Covington for sure to have this kind of uh, uh, a high opinion of himself to think that if he just shows up, the UFC's got to give him a title fight. I don't think that's going to happen. One reason I don't think that's going to happen is because they didn't tell him it's going to happen. And another reason I don't think it's going to happen because if they if this card does lose the main event, it still has two other title fights on it. So there's no real urgency other than getting a fight for Usman to make this happen. So I don't know what Covington's thinking. I don't think he is thinking, which is uh, par for the course for Colby Covington. Whenever a fighter negotiates in public, someone steps up and says that it's the wrong tack to take. And John Jones is negotiating in public. And now Michael Chiesa has stepped up and said it's the wrong tack to take. Now, I should add that Michael Chiesa is a fighter who is also on the UFC payroll as a commentator. So take his words with a grain of salt. 
because he know we know he's angling for a UFC job once his fighting career is over. And so what's one good way to get a get a job with the UFC? Well, one good way is to kiss the ring and mission accomplished for Michael Chiesa. Here is what he said about John Jones negotiating for the Francis Ngannou fight in public. Where John is going at this wrong is the public outcry on social media. He knows who to call. You call Hunter Campbell and you get the deal done. You start negotiations that way. You're getting off on the wrong foot by getting out on social media. I think Dana being the promoter that he is, I think the comment he said where he was like, if I'm John Jones and I'm watching this, this this being the Francis Ngannou and Stipe Miocic fight, I'm going down the middleweight. No, you're being a promoter and trying to piss him off where it's like, oh, yeah, watch this, trying to get him off the edge. So good for Dana for trying to upset him, but he's not getting the effect he was desiring. Um, no, none of this none of this feels right to me. Um, and let's take it apart piece by piece here. The assumption that these people make when a fighter goes to negotiate in public is that that's their first step. And no, this isn't this is not the first step that John Jones made. John Jones said recently that he has made an average of two million for per fight during his during his twenties. So that is a huge underpayment for John Jones's value and John Jones's worth. And so he's negotiated in private all those other times. And what's it gotten him? It's gotten him the shaft. And so now he wants what he's worth. N- not even that. He wants what he should be getting well not even that he he just wants a good value for his talent if he he said he won't take under 10 for the fight 10 million and i would say 15 to 20 would be probably in the ballpark of what he is expecting and i would also say that that's probably in the ballpark of what he might might get but it's also under what he is worth to the ufc so if he gets 15, I think he'll take that. If he gets 20, of course he'll take that. But his worth is still over that. And if you talk about what he did in the past, if he got 2 mil, then the UFC owes him a significant amount of money. But I don't think this is about owing. I think this is about just getting a correct payment. And 15 to 20 feels right. So, yeah, to, for Kiesa to say, or for anyone to say that his that Jones's first step in this negotiation was going out in public, I think that's ludicrous, because obviously he has been negotiating with the UFC in the past. So that's just it. Just doesn't feel like that's true. And I mean, if the thing here, you go to Hunter Campbell and you get the deal done. Well, if that if it was all that easy, then the deal would be done. The deal's not done because the UFC doesn't want to pay John Jones. That's what this comes down to. And when you're frustrated and they're and you're feeling undervalued, you speak up. And that's what John Jones did here. The thing where Kiesa defends White running uh Jones down and calling him, you know, basically implying that he's afraid and that if he watched that fight, he'll be going down the middleweight, is that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. That is a fighter agreeing with the promoter that, you know, this is how you promote someone by running them down. 
this is not a master stroke of promotion. This is a guy trying to put less value on John Jones and trying to devalue him, trying to say he's a scared, he's not, he doesn't want to fight this guy. That's not motivation. That's running John Jones down. Ideally, the promoter would, you know, promote, not demote. By saying what he said, it, he, by saying what he said here, he demoted John Jones, promoted Francis Ngannou. Kiesis can say what he wants, but it stinks that he would defend this the way Dana White is running Jones down and demoting him. A good promoter who wants to make the fight and wants to make the fight that the fans want to see would have built Jones up and Ngannou up at the same time and get the fans excited. Instead, he shit on John Jones, built Francis Ngannou up and said, well, Call us now or Derek Lewis is going to get the fight. That's not a promoter. That's a guy who wants to get the most money out of, of this fight that he can. And he's going to take the lowest bidder, which right now is Derek Lewis. So, no, it's not good for Dana for trying to quote-unquote upset John Jones. He should have been promoting him. And what what Kiesa says here, just it just flat out stinks. And it... It looks to me like he's kissing Dana White's ring and trying to get on the good side of Dana White and the UFC. And, and it'll probably work, but it doesn't sit well. It doesn't sit well at all, and it shouldn't sit well with other fighters. And it should just seem what, it's, what it is. And what it is to me is someone looking to land a job with the UFC and showing the UFC... I'm a company guy. Look at me. I'm a company guy. I'll support you. Even when I know what you're doing is wrong, I'm going to support you. So think about that when you're looking for someone to call the commentary. You know, I'm right here for you. I'm a company man. It stinks. It shouldn't have been done. And I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But... It's going to keep happening as long as the UFC keeps trying to employ its fighters and give them jobs as commentators while they are still fighting. Which, again, I don't like that either. But it is what it is, as they say. Um, still backed up. So I'll try and catch up. Uh, probably going to take tomorrow off, but I'll be back for a Monday morning podcast. And uh, I'll, I'll try and catch up on this again. Um, a lot going on. I got a lot to talk about, and but I still want to keep these things relatively short and relatively informative and absolutely opinion-filled. So tune in, and until next time, everyone stay safe.